0: You don't like the Drake! Oh, I hate the Drake. I love the Drake! How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. <laughs> Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Scroll the Drake. We'll screw with Drake! I love the Drake! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This podcast is going to be taking a look at Tim Drake, my favorite Robin. We'll be taking a look at Tim's first appearance in Batman Year 3, that's Batman 436, and working our way through Tim's training all the way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that won 183 issues. So sit back and relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. I am your host, Rob Myers. I uh, took a little bit of a break there trying to get these done uh, bi weekly so we have two per month and I will hit the two per month they'll be kind of offset. Uh Mother's Day uh happened so that kind of set off my recording schedule and then the other thing that had happened was uh a kind of a scary thing for me. I was eating at work and uh began to choke. I actually choked on a piece of food and uh, had to have somebody perform the Heimlich maneuver. So uh, that was really kind of scary. And in doing so, it kind of messed up my voice for about a week and a half so it was a kind of a scary moment this podcast and uh everything in life came to could have come to a screeching halt and needless to say my wife was very scared as uh coworkers and myself were so I want to uh apologize for that and hopefully uh you can kind of understand that I wanted to make sure the podcast was going to be as good as it uh could be without me kind of sounding like Batman through the whole podcast but uh uh, we're back, and my voice still feels a little raspy. I don't know if you can kind of hear to my voice a little bit. So you may kind of hear me clearing my throat from time to time is, uh, you know, the doctor kind of says, with just a little bit of talking, uh, it, it'll progressively get better over time. And it was, you know, really kind of bad there for a while. So, uh, kind of a scary moment for me. So I guess the moral to that story is, uh, make sure you chew your food well. So, uh, enough of the doom and uh, gloom here. Uh, welcome back to episode eight. Uh, I was able to uh, finish and complete A Lonely Place of Dying. So pulling a George Costanza, that could have been my moment to say, thank you, goodnight, and you know exit the room, and I'd have been completely happy. But I'm not going to do that. Uh, I love the Drake. You love the Drake. Everyone loves the Drake. So this has been a blast to do. And uh, I've got a bank of some episodes uh, that uh, I have uh, partially recorded to kind of get ready to make sure I have some uh, going to be uh, consistently coming out so you can uh, get them on a, a bi weekly basis. So uh, a few hiccups here and there, and then, you know, my little uh, ordeal had kind of set me back a little bit, but we're on track and moving through. Uh, we're going to look at a single issue today. This is going to be the new. I See, I always say this wrong. I told Terrence I'm going to continue to do that. The new Titans 65. uh, I kind of look at this as uh, a little uh, epilogue to a death of the family. Or I believe a death of the family. A lonely place of dying. I'm looking at the death of the family comic book sitting in front of me. Uh, A lonely place of dying. I just jumped right into the new 52 right there. Uh, So... I don't have the issues that kind of precede uh, Lonely Place of Dying. I kind of have some hit or miss issues there. And uh, I didn't actually know that this uh, issue existed until Tom Paneris' show Taking Flight. And I was kind of listening to that. And that's one of the things that uh, inspired me to do a Tim Drake-based show. Uh, podcast, and he uh, kind of covers all the Robins. Just picks different stories here, there from, you know, the Golden Age, Bronze, Modern. Hasn't done any Damien yet, or hasn't done any Stephanie Brown Robin yet. But I think his la- latest uh, podcast is going to focus on uh, Tim Drake. But he's done, uh, you know, episodes here and there of all the Robins and kind of their origins. And uh, this was he did Tim's origin. And this was an issue he got to and I didn't know it existed. So this became something just last year that I picked this book up. And I think it really kind of fits in with a lonely place of dying. Like I said, it's kind of like an, an epilogue uh, as it were of, uh, you know, just some little extra training that uh, Tim's going to get before he really gets into uh, the dirt and the grime with Bruce. So, that's going to be the focus of this issue and uh uh, the first thing we're going to do uh we have email again dear friend i like to start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation i pretend that we're the oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are people who don't know each other's names And met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before. So that's always really cool to get email. And uh, I don't have my iTunes feed up, but I I do have uh, a couple iTunes reviews that I'm very grateful for. And, uh, I will get those read on the next podcast. Uh, but the first one I have here is from, uh, Hugo Riviera. If I'm saying your name correctly, it says, uh, hello. Uh, most of my feelings about this podcast are already posted on the iTunes review section under my name, uh, Juice HL (laughs) Uh, That's a very cool name Uh, So I'll make this short Uh, Thank you for this podcast You have a listener as long as you do this Love the Skillet song uh, Love the Drake Yours Truly Hugo Riviera. So uh, thank you very much for sending this. And I'm going to be checking out your comment uh, right after this. I believe I have one or two other ones on there as well. Um, and I've said before the other uh, podcast, uh, always appreciate uh, just the kind of knowing that the, what we do that are people like, are people listening to it, or am I just talking to myself in front of all my, you know, action figures and my computer screen here or on my, you know, little headset? So it's really always really kind of cool just for somebody to drop a line and say, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. And, uh, it's kind of cool to you know have a dialogue back and forth of what people like, what people don't like, or uh, what issues were really kind of important to them, or what issues they really kind of feel like. Oh, this was one of my favorite issues. So uh, thank you for sending me that. Um, as always, that was always really cool on the BatFans podcast. Uh, Alex is a and now a, a second to repeat. Uh, I guess when I would say a repeat offender, but a repeat emailer. So I always love reading your emails, Alex. Here is uh, Alex's email It says, great episode, Rob Uh, You've gotten better with your narrations Well, uh, thank you, it's a little bit nerve-wracking Not having somebody else uh, sitting (laughs) uh, You know, kind of by yourself Not being able to bounce something off uh, Somebody else to kind of help, you know Pick up the slack there It says, I've noticed you use the gravelly voice When portraying Batman Is that what you hear while you read the comics? Um, Actually, what I hear is Kevin Conroy I would love to be able to do a Kevin Conroy voice But I Uh, whether it's New 52 or... Old continuity or even Golden Age. Anytime I'm reading anything Batman, uh, I always hear Kevin's voice. Uh, you know, just from the animated series and the Justice League cartoons, and just all the animated work and video games that Kevin Conroy has done. That's just become ingrained in my head. So even if I were reading the you know Dark Knight trilogy in paperback, I don't think I would hear Christian Bale's voice. Uh, you know, I might, but I it's it, kevin Conroy's just been so ingrained that's that's what i hear so rather than try to do a poor imitation of uh, kevin conroy's voice i just kind of did a atypical batman i'm i'm kind of glad people uh not kind of glad i'm really glad people kind of uh, uh you know enjoyed that little uh you know story time feel that i kind of read that last uh podcast with as it was kind of a favorite uh, issue of mine and i kind of thought it warranted doing something a little different and hopefully a little special it says uh, uh, continuing on says i remember the first time seeing batman begins and being so happy that christian bale used the gravelly voice that denny o'neill wrote uh batman had in his nightfall adaption i love the uh uh, fireman analogy and you perfectly summed up why i think tim drake is such an appealing character although i am nowhere uh near mental uh, near mental and physical perfection batman inspires me to push myself uh, beyond my limits like tim uh, tim got the role that all of us dreamed of because of that he became an even bigger source of inspiration jim aparo always was always my favorite Batman artist too. Uh, but man, Greg Capullo is killing it in the the current series. Do you have a favorite cover by him? Um, I'm wondering if he's asking about uh, Greg Capullo or Jim Aparo. Um, uh, Capullo right now, my favorite uh, Capullo cover, is actually going to be one of the Death of the Family covers, is his drawing for the Teen Titans cover of drawing Tim Drake, uh, no surprise, or the Red Robin character. But a lot of the Court of the Owls covers were just really, really so good. Um, One of my favorite covers, I believe, was issue 5 with – was the issue that you had to turn uh, completely upside down and uh, back and forth, uh, the maze issue with, uh, Batman kind of sprawled out on the ground And kind of like dripping blood I know it's kind of a gory cover But there was just so much detail into it Um, It was at that issue that really sold me on uh, Capullo So there's some New 52 talk for you Uh, So that's going to conclude it for our email section And uh, we're going to move just right into the first part of the show here We'll get into uh, the synopsis And then we'll kind of have some discussion About the new Titan 65 And the front of it says It began with Batman Thanks for listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, and welcome to the show. Episode number eight, the new Teen Titans 65, Deja Vu. The writer is Marv Wolfman, pencils by Tom Grummet, who will become a a fixture for the Tim Drake character once we reach his uh, ongoing series. But we're not quite there yet. Al V, or Al V, I believe is how you pronounce his name, is doing the inks. John Costanza is doing the letters. Adrian Roy is the colorist. John Peterson, associate editor, and Mike Carlin is listed as the watchdog or the editor. Deja vu. Dick Grayson answers his front door and sees Tim Drake. Tim says that Bruce sent him to Dick to learn how to be a Robin, but more importantly, to be a partner. So when do we get started? Tim asks. Tim comments that the last time he was in Dick's apartment, he thought that Dick was moving with all the clutter. Dick tells Tim that it's complicated. Dick says that his life is so orderly that he needs a place where chaos can rule. Apparently, chaos is in Dick's apartment, but I think the actual reason is because he and Corey split up, but he doesn't tell Tim that. So, let's move on. Uh, Tim tells Dick that Bruce sent him to Dick to learn to become a well-oiled machine. This is a phrase that Dick has heard all too often growing up in Wayne Manor and, more importantly, in the Batcave. Dick finishes Tim's sentence, saying, So we mesh perfectly, one smoothly, working with the other instead of creating friction. The emphasis on the word friction. Tim says, exactly. Tim asks Dick what it was like growing up with Bruce and how amazed of all the things Bruce had already accomplished in his life. Dick says that Bruce never really had a childhood. Once his parents died, Dick became an adult and never let himself grow up or really have any joy in his life. Tim expresses his desire to be the best partner that he can for Bruce. Dick can see the desire Tim has and agrees to take him under his wing. No pun intended. Okay, maybe a little one. Dick and Tim sit in the park and tells Tim to sit down and do not question him. That's the one rule. And they sit there for hours. Well, seven to be exact. They see all kinds of people come and go in and out of the park. The park finally empties when Dick finally speaks. He asks Tim what he saw there. Tim asks, Are you kidding? What's the one rule? Do not question. Dick says, This isn't a a democracy. He says, The part of being Batman's partner is anything but a democracy. But over time, he will give you freedom when he feels you deserve it. He says to Tim to describe all the people that he saw in the carousel, what they were wearing and doing, etc. After some failed attempts and getting a few things wrong and backwards and frankly just making some stuff up, uh, Tim says that he thought that they were just there meditating and he kind of zoned out. I mean, he saw the people there but really wasn't paying attention. Dick says, even in your meditative moments, you need to be observing at all times. And then Dick describes everything to a T that he saw there, even what they were doing and wearing. Tim realizes this was going to take some work and says that he thought this was going to be a snap. And Dick says, so did Jason. Raven and Jericho are laying in a hospital bed from the events that took place in the previous issue, and this reviewer did not have that, so we're going to kind of move on and I'm going to muddle through this the best I can. Please excuse me. Uh, Raven, Raven becomes possessed and attacks Jericho, who's lying in the bed next to him. The other Titans race in to help their friend, and they fight off Raven for a while as she disappears. They're wondering if Trigon is still infecting her from their battle or if it is still go whatever is still going inside of Raven is in her blood since their last battle. Again, in Teen Titans 62 that I don't have. I apologize. Later that night, Tim and Dick are still observing and doing training, basically observing training. They witness a drug deal, and Tim wants to take them down. Dick says that if a water main breaks in the city, you cut it off at the source, not at the faucet. They need to find out where the drugs are coming from, not taking down the cellar. This will do nothing but put the cellar back out on the street later in a couple of days, and they won't get to the root cause of the problem. So they follow him. They end up arriving at Walter Lanier's mansion. Dick says that he was there as a kid, and this guy is blue-collar as they come. They notice police barricades, and something massive must have happened there. Again, at Teen Titans 62, but Dick wasn't there, and I don't have that issue, and I really can't tell you about it, so we're going to continue to go on. Besides, this is about Tim, not about Titan 62. So Dick says from this point that Dick Grayson's work is done, and now it's time for Nightwing. The Titans piece together where Raven has gone, as has Raven. The other titans that the poison is still in Raven's blood. Walter Linear, that's where they're all headed. Nightwing and Tim enter the mansion. Nightwing tells Tim that if things get crazy, do not get in the way. Nightwing finds Louis Ardolf in the mansion looking for Walter and draws a gun on Nightwing when he enters the room. Nightwing kicks the gun loose and says that he was one of walter's informants and wants to know who's above walter Louis says that he doesn't know just as raven appears behind him and knocks him out and move towards the other two raven once answers and attacks louie and then turns her focus on nightwing just as the other titans enter the room the titans tell nightwing that it's not trigon affecting her that it's in her blood that's making her do this All the Titans together were able to distract Raven and keep her mind from being able to focus on any single one of them and to not be able to disappear. They are able to subdue her and they put her in restraints so they can get a cure back at the hospital. Tim awakens and enters the room and talks to Changeling. Changeling and Tim uh, have some pleasantries back uh, back and forth, but... Deathstroke interrupts and says that Raven needs Troya's blood for the cure, and that's back at the hospital, so they all rush off to take Raven back to the hospital. In the hospital, Raven recovers, along with all of her friends sitting at her bedside, saying that it wasn't her fault, that she's part of a family, and that she has love in the family. Dick later walks Tim to the bus stop that's headed back to Gotham. Tim says that he saw how the other Titans listened to Dick, and he believes he is on the right path to knowing what batman needs in a partner dick says that tim may be the best he's ever seen one of the very best tim boards the bus and heads back to gotham city All right, that was the synopsis for the new Titans 65. And uh, like I said, I was made aware of this uh, sometime uh, late last year, maybe mid last year, uh, while listening to Tom Panarese's, uh Taking Flight podcast. It's a Robin and Nightwing podcast where, uh, you know, obviously he's talking about Robin, Robin and Nightwing and kind of... Uh, does uh, more uh, Dick Grayson-oriented stories, although he's kind of working his way through the ages right now. And I believe his most recent podcast, he's uh, doing a little Tim Drake piece, kind of a a team-up, as it will. But like I said, I didn't even know this really existed. I shouldn't say really existed. That gives me the impression that I kind of knew it existed. I did not know it existed at all until hearing his show. So um, I definitely wrote down all the information of the uh, comics, so I could go track it down. And, uh, last year I ended up picking it up and I think this is a really good companion piece that can kind of go with uh lonely place of dying. So I, I have this actually filed in with my Batman comic books, uh, since, you know, the lonely place of dying, uh, Titans part is, you know, in one story, I don't have them actually alphabetized, um, with the titans if a story kind of crosses over into another book i kind of have all my books together so that's where i have this one is in my batman section but it's uh, i almost kind of look a, look at this as it's maybe a day or two or a week later maybe after tim's done some little training with alfred that bruce says you know it's time you go talk to uh dick and it's uh it, it it probably kind of feels like a, a, a week or so later that uh, Tim's really kind of... Uh, I say like Tim, but Dick's really kind of startled here on the very uh, first page that he's kind of like uh, Tim Drake. You know, he still obviously remembers his name, but uh, it's really kind of funny that they put Tim in the same clothes that he's been in through A Lonely Place of Dying, so I don't know if uh, Tim doesn't have another change of clothes <laughs> somewhere. Uh, before we get into the issue since i already kind of started i want to talk about the cover i think this cover is really pretty cool it's uh, done by Grummet and uh, gromit and perez both so i'm kind of curious as to who did what uh just kind of looking at it it looks like tim drake and nightwing on the front of the cover are probably by perez and uh batman kind of looks like uh, Grummet's uh type of work so uh, i'm guessing that's probably what it is perez probably had uh I would assume that these were probably leftover images from A Lonely Place of Dying that maybe he didn't use because Tim is holding on to part of the Robin costume here, uh, the cape, and uh, it looks like something that would have been in A Lonely Place of Dying. So I'm guessing they thought, well, hey, this would make a good front cover, and Grummet probably did the Batman, which is the, the kind of the purple scheme, which, again, really kind of ties it in with the very first issue of Lonely Place of Dying and uh again this this looks like it was ripped right out of the only place of dying, but it's a really cool cover, and these are the the Titan book is the like in the pristine, which I didn't even know what that was until a few years ago that these were the more uh pricier books this was a dollar seventy five in nineteen ninety of April nineteen ninety uh two dollars and twenty five cents in the u k and looks like one or in Canada, and like I think it's one pound I think I don't. Uh, forgive me for not knowing what that is, but uh, my friend of mine, Stu Murray, would probably tell me exactly what the, um, I want to say, dollar sign <laughs> would actually be. Um, but uh, kind of moving through the book here uh, into page two, uh, this whole story is just really kind of a ordinary day in the life of just some real basic like superhero 101 in order to be a superhero you've got to listen you have to pay attention to your surroundings and uh, you're really kind of seeing how uh, green Tim is in this Um, the colors in these uh, pristine books or prestige books are always really really good um uh, the coloring is nice and even, and the paper quality is a little bit better. Again, that's why you were paying a little bit more for them. Um, I would have liked to have seen uh, a, a Batman book in this. Um, I would have gladly paid a $1.75 for a prestige or pristine book, however that's uh, uh, said. But uh, just some nice little conversations with Dick and Tim, and um, just some... Uh, character building moments, that's what this whole issue really is, is getting down to uh, what you notice and remembering the things that you notice as we're looking on page four of Tim and Dick at the uh, uh, park here, which kind of looks like it's more um, Central Park in New York City, which I'm assuming that's kind of where we are or a city like that, that it's just the exercise in sitting there and Dick saying, okay, what what do you remember? What do you see? And then Tim trying to recall that. And I like um, on the top of page six where Tim is kind of in his like thinking man pose where he's trying to remember the things that he's been staring at for the last seven hours and trying to remember, okay, what color was the boy's shirt? And what did his mother look like? And I was trying really hard to not flip back and to see – even as I was reading it, could I remember what the color of the boy's shirt was? And I and I even thought red, but it was actually uh, blue, and the mother's shirt was maroon. I didn't realize that he had a, a bracelet on. So uh, that shows you how close to atten- attention to detail I was paying attention <laughs> to that I, I couldn't even remember it. And I like that Dick... Uh, is able to, uh, rattle those things off to Tim. Like, you know, he was sitting there just as long as he was. So it really kind of shows, you know, the mentor level that, uh, Tim, uh, came in and was thinking, Oh, I, I could do this, uh, pretty easy. I, I thought I really could. And the nice little beat here that, uh, Wolfman gives, uh, Dick uh, the line of saying you know so did Jason Jason thought he could uh, do this with a very little training and we know the outcome that happened to Jason Todd Um, when I was uh, putting my notes together for this particular episode I wasn't entirely sure if I was going to uh, cover a lot of the Titans interaction here if I was going to kind of gloss over it only because I didn't have a frame of reference when i bought this book of kind of what preceded it and uh, i i kind of looked a little bit through uh, 62 3 and 4 uh to kind of see you know where these what the titans were doing uh, while dick was away and you know when obviously tim's not in the book uh, so i could kind of talk intelligently about it but uh, while i was kind of looking through that stuff i realized it's not really paying it's not doing any service to the story or the podcast that I'm telling. Uh, the biggest part of the story is just the confrontation and the, I guess, the training that Tim is doing. Yes, they have a little confrontation towards the end of the book, but it's just all the lessons that uh, Tim is learning from Dick that at the end of the day, I uh, was like, you know, if somebody really wants to know, they can check out these Titans book to kind of figure out what was going on with Raven, but it's not really important to the overall story or subject matter that I'm trying to convey through the podcast where you know this is about Tim Drake, not kind of what the Teen Titans were doing their previous three or four issues since The Lonely Place of Dying. So that's kind of why the synopsis in that part is really kind of vague. Uh, you just need to know that Raven is possessed. There's some beautiful artwork here that Grumman is doing. Uh, I was never a fan of this type of Raven. Um, I like the Raven where they draw her a little bit more... Uh, not scary, <laughs> I guess. Where she's a little bit more prettier, I guess, and doesn't look so demon-ish um, as she is kind of portrayed here. And I was never a fan of her Sinead O'Connor type of hair. Um, I thought she always looked better when uh, she has her hood on than this, you know, like Spock or Widow's Peak type of a uh, hair that she has. But <clears throat> but it it is what it is. So I mean, it's. It, Again, we Terrence and I talked about this in our Lonely Place of Dying coverage that the Teen Titans was something early on that I just didn't read because my comic book store... Is rather small, and if it wasn't the big marquee or Superman, Batman, Spider Man, Captain America, Green Lantern uh, type of books, uh, they didn't order too many of these other offset books unless it crossed into where people were like, okay, we're gonna have to get Teen Titans because Batman's crossing into it, or you know, whatever that might be. So, um, if it wasn't for the Super Friends, I would probably not know who. Uh, cyborg is and i really had no idea who uh, deathstroke or changeling uh, jericho for that matter didn't know he was you know really deaf at all um and starfire which i've now come to really like the starfire character and cyborg both but um so we'll kind of go through that and now arriving at page uh, 13 here Where it's uh, you know later later that day, where a dick is now in his uh uh, cap his uh knitted cap here, which I think is to let you know it's kind of cold outside, but the drug dealer across the street is in a tank top. So you know those drug dealers they're you know they're pretty bad apples. They uh they don't need no stocking cap or anything like that. And I I like the uh, again uh, the more exposition that. Dick is telling Tim, where Tim kind of says, "Well, hey, this guy, the drug dealer's leaving. Let's go, let's go take him down." And Dick is very quick to point out, you know, if we take this guy down, we're we're not getting to the root core, root source of the problem. This is a guy that's going to make bail. Whoever his drug, uh, whoever his boss is, is going to get him out so the drugs can get on uh, back on the street again. And uh, the analogy where Dick uses as a you know a water main breaks. You know, you have to go to where the water main problem is not just, you know, stopping the leak at your kitchen faucet and go, well, it's not leaking on my end, so I'll let that be somebody else's problem. So there's some nice little uh, uh, panels, or kind of a half splash page down here in the bottom of 14, where it's Dick and Tim kind of uh, driving through the city and tracking down where this drug dealer is going. Um, This is where it gets uh, a little off at least for me and probably maybe for you guys as you know listening to this where there's the mention on 15 here at the top where it says check uh the new titan 62 as kind of what happened at Walters mansion and why is there a police barricade and why is there kind of destruction here something obviously has happened here which is kind of uh tainted raven a little bit uh why she's kind of going off the rails and you know Dick wasn't around so he really doesn't know and I don't know, because I really didn't <laughs> read those. But uh, again, the artwork is great. Uh, some of the Titans just appear in and out of here. Uh, on uh, 16, Speedy is uh, down here in the bottom of the book, uh, which he wasn't uh, when Raven went uh, kind of uh, back crazy uh, earlier in the part of the book. Uh, this uh, Louie guy that's inside of the... Mansion. it's kind of looking for Walter. Uh, This was not the guy that they were tracking, so unless I missed that somewhere, this is just a guy that is probably, again, tied into the Titans story that uh, Titans fans would be able to say, oh, this is so-and-so. But uh, this allows for the Titans and Raven all to come to the same place and kind of have their um, confrontation with each other where they can kind of subdue Raven by distracting her so she isn't able to teleport or use a lot of her uh, magical or evil powers on the rest of the Titans and Dick is really quick to be able to take control of the Titans and kind of be able to kind of bark out orders and uh, tell people what they need to be doing and all the while Tim is kind of watching this and seeing how all the Titans uh, work as one uh, cohesive unit with Dick leading them and this is another one of those things that uh, Dick is uh, inadvertently Uh, Teaching Tim and Tim is actually being uh, very responsible and looking uh, at what's going on and can kind of uh, be aware of uh, what it means to be a partner. So uh, it's really kind of a a cute little moment here on 23 between Tim and Gar as, you know, he knows who Gar is and Tim is able to say, you know, hey, I'm working for Batman. So they kind of have a a, a little uh, friendship kind of striking up here. Uh, but what is really kind of uh odd that uh Louie who uh they had tracked down who's has something to do with the you know drug situation that he and Tim were trying to bust um there's no mention of him again um you know while they <coughs> sc- excuse me have raven all tied up uh, they don't tie up Louie and say, well, hey, we're going to take him to the police. Uh, as far as we know, they just leave him on the floor or wherever Raven zapped him to, which it really doesn't kind of say that's the one little beat that uh, uh, is kind of uh, lost. You can kind of see him on 20 kind of coming out of Raven's cloak and on the floor, and that's the last that we see of him. Uh, And then uh, we have the beat here on uh, 24 where Raven's in the hospital and they're kind of, we're getting all mushy. You know, I love you, you love me, we're all family, and we know you weren't trying to kill us even though you are Trigon's daughter. So Uh, Then this last little bit is uh, just Tim and Dick kind of having their uh, last little moments of like, hey, did you learn anything? Hopefully I was helpful. Uh, Aside from being at the park and uh, tracking down a drug dealer, and then Tim kind of watching what's going on uh, during this fight with uh, Raven, that's really the only quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes again like you can see them, but with uh, uh, Tim getting uh, training, there's Uh, Really nothing else. So, gee, I hope in this one day you kind of (laughs) saw what you needed to see. But it is a cool uh, like brother-to-brother moment in the relationship that Tim and Dick are going to have throughout his uh, run in the Robin series and just in the Batman books in general. That uh, this is Tim's big brother kind of at the end of the day. When you can't get through to Dad or you can't get through to Bruce... You go to your older brother that's kind of been around the block and, hey, how do you talk to Bruce? You know, uh, he doesn't understand this or how do I get him to let me to do that? And we will see Tim and Dick uh, off and on kind of uh, go back and forth as Dick tries to uh, help Tim kind of cope with being – a the new Robin and is going to kind of get really put through the ringer and justifiably for for, on Batman's end. You know, he doesn't want to go down the same road and lose another partner. And in some cases or probably a lot of cases. uh, Bruce is going to make sure if he's going to have another Robin, that this is going to be the best Robin possible. I'm not going to make, any mistakes like I did with Jason, and maybe what little things I could could have and should have done with Dick, I'm really going to make sure that I do these with Tim. So um, I think arguably a lot of people will say that Tim is their favorite Robin, and hopefully through the course of this podcast you will see why he is my favorite Robin. And uh, this is just one of those little nuggets, a little story that we're kind of slipping in here uh, before we get into uh, two weeks, which is actually probably going to be almost close to a week and a half with the way the uh, month is going here since we had a little uh, time off uh, in in between the last episode where we'll be looking at uh, probably the biggest event to happen to Tim Drake so far and it's involving both of his parents and really the moment that is really going to Uh, push and test uh, Tim to is this the life that you want to choose to do because there are going to be some very serious consequences that are going to not come out of your decision but this is going to either really propel Tim into making this choice or this is going to repel Tim into going I don't want to go down this road I it's it's too much heartache I don't know if I can handle it. Can he handle it? So it's a it's a story that I really like, and uh, it's one that Tom Panarese has covered, and I hope I do the story uh, justice. But that'll be in uh, just about two weeks that we will do episode nine and move into our next uh, story block, uh, getting ever so closer to Tim Drake putting on his own Robin costume, and uh, again, probably arguably one of the best Robin costumes uh, created. You know, no more short pants, no more pixie boots, and a really cool black and yellow cape. But we're getting there very slowly, but we are getting there. So that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman related characters are under copyright of DC comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin10. M-Y-E-R-S, at yahoo.com, and I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.